Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. You're in for a real treat this week. We talk about our missions that we help support around the world, and we have with us today a dear friend that is the uh, executive director of EME, uh, which uh, directs ministries throughout of Europe and the Middle East. Uh, God has blessed them. Um, and so we get to partner with them, and uh, she will share some of the things that's going on. Uh, um, Gail, I've known her for a long time, but she's 39 forever, so that's all I can say about that. But she's been in Athens, Greece for over 34 years. She has dual citizenship in the U.S. and Greece, which you can't get that very easy. That's really tough. She's the only senior executive woman pastor in Athens, Greece. She operates in a male-dominated society in Europe and in Africa and the Middle East, but yet God gives her favor. She's invited by corporations and business people to come and to make a difference in their life. Sean and I were able to be there last year with her in Egypt to uh, speak to leaders that are there. And at the end of the service today, when we receive our tithe and offering, we'll always do, as we always do, a special offering for Gail. She flew in yesterday from Athens. She's going to do some ministry, fly back. She was in Bogota getting ready for a big thing that's happening in Israel. I'll let her tell you about that. But we are honored and privileged to not only partner with her with uh, EME Ministries, but that she's with us today. So would you stand on your feet and give a warm welcome to my friend Gail Staffus. I'm so glad to be here. So glad. Okay. Women in. 
going to Europe. So we're very excited to be part of that and uh, work with those people. We, I also have pashminas from Egypt, and I sell those to help me for the work that we do in Egypt to reach women, to reach other Muslims, and build up the Christian community there in Egypt. So I'm so thankful that you're here today and get to be part of what I'm doing and listening to what I have to share with you. We do live in the most exciting time. I'm going to talk real quickly today with you about the lion and the king. We know very soon, I think it's the 17th, the, the Lion King is coming out again. I, if you haven't seen the trailer, it's astounding. I can't wait to go. I wish I was here. I'd go with all of you. But I want to tell you, we know who the Lion and the Lamb is and the Lion King and the King of Kings. And, oh, hallelujah. So when you go, have fun saying, I know who the real one is. Amen. But we're going to get to learn a lot, a little bit, hopefully today, from the, from the movie that I can share some things with you today about what is happening, but also some scriptural principles. So let's look real quickly at this. Life's not fair, is it, my little friend? While some are born to feast, others spend their lives in the dark. <laughs> begging for scraps. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Run away, Simba. And never return. <laughs> Take your place in the circle of life. Empowered 
121, we are going to be celebrating just a little bit ahead of 2033, the 2000th anniversary of when the Holy Spirit came and visited this earth. We believe it is going to be the largest gathering of spirit-filled believers that has ever been in Jerusalem since that original day of Pentecost. So Pastor Terry will be having more information. We would love for you to come and join us there and celebrate with believers from all around the world. And while you do that too, tickle your pastor's ear and tell him, and to Pastor Anita, I'd love to go to Greece and walk where Paul walked. So, all right, I'd love to come see you. We're just right across the pond. We live in an interesting time today. It is a very, very, very broken world. And um, I know that, uh, that we have to understand that we, we need to be good citizens here. And I work and live with a lot of people that live in very upset and, and broken countries. The Middle East and North Africa, India in the East, the Philippines. They keep trying to find political answers. I was recently in India, and we're, we're now covering 39 churches. And on Sundays, they have close to 15,000 people. They don't sit in buildings like this, but we go out into the villages. And every Sunday, when what the Sunday, I was there and the pastors that are there tell me the same thing. There is such attack against them. The world is so broken. The, the Muslims, the Hindus, they're coming against the Christians that almost every Sunday you have to fight and pray through for them to have deliverance from spiritual oppression and possession. While we were standing out there in the villages, suddenly a woman began to just uh, manifest demonic spirits. And some of you, I grew up and I saw that as a little kid, but I haven't seen that for years in America. It's because he doesn't need to work that way here anymore. Right now, he's just kind of blinding us with comfortableness. But around the world, there are people that don't live with comfortableness, and the enemy is attacking their lives every day. I, we need to pray and help those people. God is sending us as a response to the broken human condition. We are children of the Lion of God. We are our kings, we, right, we reign with him. Did you know you're a king? Did you know I'm not a queen, I'm a king? All right, amen, amen. I am, and the Lord wants us to begin to rise up and know who we are and celebrate that. Not too long ago, about two months ago, I was sitting in a room with a group of former Muslim women that have converted to Jesus Christ. We're sitting there, and, and, and they're very, I can't tell you the countries they're all from. I cannot tell you their names because their lives would be in danger. But we're sitting there, and we're sharing about the power of who the Lord is and that the Lord would never leave us or forsake us and that he sent his son, the heavenly king, and he sent him to come and save us and that he's coming again. All of a sudden, she began, one of the women began to weep and cry. And as she sat there in the room, she was telling us how the enemy one night her daughter said she had sensed a presence come into her room there in North Africa and the parents prayed with her but the very next morning when the parents got up and they went out of the went to see their daughter their daughter had jumped over the ledge and had fallen to her death
up. And then she's sitting there, and I kept thinking, oh, God, many people, perhaps even me, if that had been my, me, if that had been my child, I would have probably given up. I would have gone into deep depression. But she literally had sat there and said, my life is not for this place, this world. I seek a kingdom, a better kingdom, whose builder and maker is God. And I know whatever came against my daughter that God, and this is where we We've got to get. We have to trust that God knew. And in the very moment that God reached down and that child is in the hands of God. You see, God is great and mighty. We cannot limit and judge. But we've got to begin to be people that declare the word. But also we leave judgment to God. Amen. Lord, help us. This movie is quite powerful. because, And I love the first point where it said that I wanted to share with you. Though we endure many difficulties as believers, still we celebrate the promise of victory. God is calling us to know our identity. Uh, when I became a believer, I'm going to tell you what, the very next day it wasn't like, wow, do not pass go, do not collect $200, get your BMW, just glide right into heaven. Actually, that didn't happen. In fact, in many ways, my life became harder. And through the years, I've gone through many, many things that I thought, oh, God, why me? But suddenly, when you begin to stand up and lift your eyes to him, you realize this is just the beginning. And when God begins to wrap this up, he's going to escort us into the throne room. Hallelujah. He's going to put a crown on, on us. Hallelujah. And he's going to put a robe. And it's the royal robe of Jesus Christ that Jesus purchased with his blood. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. The gospel is God's response to the brokenness of the human condition and the brokenness of life here. And we can see Jesus, the story, very clearly in, in this movie. And when you go look for it, only, the, only Jesus can come back and, and save this world. And God is getting ready to make a, a, a way for victory in whatever we're going through. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I live in Greece. I'm in the, we're the first point of entry into Europe. Of many, many people, and by the way, all sociologists, the United Nations, all the reports, no matter how much we would hope that the refugee and the migrant crisis would end, they're all telling you it will not end. We live in a new day. We live in a different time. And the Lord, if you know the Lord today or if you don't, the Lord is asking you to fix your eyes on him because he has the answers that the world does not have. The Lord is wanting his church, the people of God, to rise up and say, we're family. We can't fix everything, but just like that woman whose daughter fell to her death there in North Africa, she lives in a country that's Islamic. She lives in a country now where we can't even go in as foreigners and visit. They will close the churches immediately if a foreigner steps inside the door. She might be tempted to give up, but the Lord is challenging us wherever we live to come together as the family of God, begin to lift up the hands that hang down, begin to encourage one another, and begin to say, Oh, hallelujah, our lives are not settled here. We're getting ready for something much, much better. In Jordan right now, we have friends 
that pastored a church, and the church didn't seem to be going anywhere. They couldn't figure out what what's going on. All of a sudden, the refugee crisis came. Now, on every Sunday, they start church about 8 o'clock in the morning, and they finish near to, near to midnight. They just have streams and streams and streams and streams of women and children and men that are coming out of Islamic countries. And you know what they say? It is a divine moment. We can look at things as tragedy, but instead they begin to look and say, Oh God, we can't go there. You're bringing them to us. It is a divine moment. Oh God. In the movie, there's the, the circle of life. Oh, we moa, oh, we moa. I kind of like that song, don't you too? <laughs> and, and, and I like it because in the old cartoon from 1994, they, they anoint this little baby Simba lion and, and um, present him to the family. Well, isn't that what happened to you when you got saved? You got baptized, didn't you? Amen. You got anointed in the water. You got sealed. Hallelujah. You became part of a family. And God is saying to us today, if ever we needed to be the family of God, when is it? It is now. It is now. The Lord is wanting us to present an answer, a way of life that is beyond anything that the world has ever seen. The world fights and bickers and bites and devours. It is time for the church to rise up and begin to be the voice of the Lord that says, we're the community of faith. Yeah, that is good, isn't it? I agree. The more I choose to walk with and obey the Lord, the more I know he will give me victory. Maybe not like what I want. We're not always going to get victory like we want, but it will be victory. As the movie starts, Mufasa is trying to shape his son Simba. We get the picture of the father and the son. It seems like little Simba has everything is, that is going for him. And that's the goal of every parent, you know, to raise up their children. And, and they know they're loved by dad and, and that he's going to protect them. But I like it so much, you know, this in the movie and the, and the scene and from the new movie, I understand, too. Simba is so much like we are, little Simba. He's going to be king. Mm -hmm. So I want to grow up real fast. Yeah. And I don't, <clears throat> I know my dad's king right now, but <clears throat> I'm going to be king. So um, I don't know that I want anybody else telling me what to do. And um, I am going to grow up, and you're not going to be able to say do this or do that. And so I'm going to practice. So I like it real, in the, in the movie he says, I'm going to practice on being king. Roar! So he practices his roar. And you see in the old cartoon from 1994, he walks around and he works on his roar. And I think for a while that's what we've done as the body of Christ, as the family of God. We want to do our own thing. We want to obey our own way. And it doesn't matter that the rest of the world is broken and they're looking for someone that speaks the love of God into a hurting and broken world. Instead we say, I got to roar. Hear me roar. I'll do it my way. Yeah, God help us. I'm going to be the mighty one. Enemies beware. God will do what I tell him to do because I'm going to be king. That's sin. And God is calling the church to a place. I just wanted to throw this in as a little advertisement for us. We have got 
to become pure and holy and full of reverence to an almighty God who alone is king of kings and lord of lords. Hallelujah. Listen to me. A great church, a great church, a great king doesn't exist to be king to be served. But a great church, a great king exists to serve. Jesus said, I lay down my life. Amen. Oh, Lord, help us. On the field, there's, I was sitting in a room not too long ago, too, with another young woman. And I wish I could tell you who she is. There's actually even a book about her life, but I cannot. She's a fatwa. For those of you that don't know what it is, when they find her in Islam, it means they will kill her. This young woman was kept captive by an imam for years and raped. She escaped. When she came out, she, when she escaped, she went to a church and asked for help. They kept her for a little while. But when they got a little tired of trying to help her walk through her difficulties, they said, well, you know, you need to maybe go find a job and go somewhere else. And they pushed her out. She began to go into deep depression, escaped that country. Long story short, three or four different countries before she was finally able to find a place where she just met with Jesus by herself. I said and listened to that story, and I thought, shame on the Western church. Shame on us. God help us. If there was ever a time where we needed to go the extra mile, where we lay down our lives for people, where we begin to say to the Lord, oh, all I do for Jesus, that's what's going to count. All I do for him is what's going to count in the end. You might not like what I'm saying today. You might want me to be preaching about, oh, come serve Jesus, and it's all diamonds and chocolates and bonbons and, you know, and everything. La, 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 la. It's not like that. It's not. But what it's like is we have a king that's gone before us, and he's before us, and he's behind us, he's to the right of us, he's to the left of us, he's above us, and he's below us, and he's saying, I want you to be my children because there's so many that their lives are broken, and they need you to be the hand, church. They need you to be the arm, church. They need you to be the ones that lift them up and carry those that cannot walk. And as we begin to pour into them, we're going to begin to see the world come turned upside down. I don't have the political answers to the world. You may think you do today, but whatever answer you have, it's only temporary. It's only going to work for a while. But when we know Jesus, we become part of an unshakable kingdom. Hallelujah. We become part of something that for as long as eternity is, it will stand. Oh, God is calling us today to become part of that kingdom of priests and kings that serve and believe for victories in spite of the difficulties because that is who God wants us to be. We're made to be his sons and daughters, and that's the identity we're to live with and act with. 1 John 3, 1 says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called God's children. And that's who we are. Actually, can you just turn to somebody and say, I'm glad to know you today. I'm setting by a God's child. I'm glad to know you today. I'm setting by God's child. 
Hallelujah. 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 Jesus wasn't interested in running around and doing things his way. He was only interested in doing what the Father said he should do. Lord, help us today. God, help us. We need to celebrate the promise of victory. The Father is watching over his creation. When we accept him into our lives, his identity becomes stamped on our lives. And we have the identity of child of God. It's time for us to look to God and ask him to work in and through us to bring his good into this earth while we're here. We must grow close to our heavenly Father to find our true identity. There's a young woman I can actually, I'll say her name, I can't say her last name. Her name is Awata, an absolutely amazing young girl. I met her about 10 years ago when I was in North Africa in an Islamic country. She was a Muslim, and she met Jesus. And I was told back then, oh, no, you can't go out and talk about Jesus. You definitely cannot go door to door and invite anybody to church. I spent the night in her house, and she says, well, hurry up and get up. We got work to do. Okay, what are we doing? Nobody told me anything. We're going to go door to door in an Islamic country, and we're going to invite people to Bible study at my house that you're doing today. I had no idea. Hallelujah. She found Jesus. Her family rejected her, but she had met the Lion King that loved her. Hallelujah. She had met the one that would be with her. She was able to endure difficulties that you and I can only begin to imagine. Today, this young woman in a dominant Muslim culture, by the way, she's one of our missionaries, she has started churches, a woman alone. The government comes and tries to shut them down. They just go somewhere else. Hallelujah. She looked and began to see in that culture women that were kicked out of their families because they got pregnant and either the husband didn't want the child or it was somebody in the family raped the young woman, which happens a lot. But she saw them with these women with no places to go. She went to the government and said, I'm a Christian, but there's a problem in this country. We have women that are pregnant and women and children living on the street. Let me start a Christian NGO to take care of them. God is saying, this is that hour to believe for victory. It's like we've never seen. This is that hour in spite of the difficulty. Yes, you have difficulties. Yes, you do. But God is saying to you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Look above the difficulty. God wants to shape our identity to live in his purpose and prosper. The Holy Spirit has come, but we keep him in a box. We can speak in tongues. We can have a prophecy once in a while. You know, might have a message. And then occasional healing is pretty good too. But the Holy Spirit is God. And what does the Bible say? With God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When was the last time you believed that? The Lord, the Holy Spirit is inviting us today. Get your eyes off the difficulties and get them on God. Keep your eyes on him. We have an enemy that wants to take all of our victories. And in the, in the Lion King, of course, his name is Scar. And 
Satan has many names, and today let's give him one of those names. Let's call him Scar, along with thief, accuser, liar. He's all those things, but he's also Scar. And he, Scar, confronts Mufasa. Scar says to him, you better not turn your back on me. And the Lord is saying to us today, we can never turn our back on Satan. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't, we don't wrestle against one another. It's time to stop it. But we wrestle against rulers and powers and authorities and cosmic powers that are covering this present darkness. There are spiritual forces that are at work in heavenly places. They reside over your home. They reside over where you work. They reside over the gas station where you fill the pump. They reside over the mall where you go to shop. But God says to you, don't you know who you are when you walk in that mall? I don't wrestle against people. I come in with the love of God. That clerk that looks at you and snarls and doesn't want to wait on you and she's nasty and you want to be nasty back. God is saying it's time for us. It's time for us to rise up and be children of the light. To be armor bearers of the love of God. To go into the mall and say, you know, you must have had a bad day today. Can I pray with you for something? Can I help you? Can I invite you to church? We have a lot of fun there. We even serve popcorn. All right, it's time for us to recognize it's the time to resist and stand against those spiritual forces, not against one another. Paul, in the vision, he talks constantly about how he had to wrestle. He had governments against him. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was left for dead. And ultimately, Caesar will, will demand his execution. He couldn't blame people. He could have blamed the church. But my point to you this morning, these flesh and blood people that seem to cause Paul and you and I all of a struggle, he says his struggle and our struggle is not against people at all. It's against the evil spiritual forces of Satan. We have got to quit turning our back on Scar. We have got to quit turning our back on the enemy because he is out to get you. In other words, you know what happens? When you turn your back, it's like putting a big target on your back and saying to Satan, come and get me. God is saying to the church, it's time for us to all, well, you know what? This isn't the most popular method message. People don't like to hear people talk about Satan and evil and dark things anymore. Let's just talk about everything's lovely and grace and it's nice. Everything in the kingdom of God is beautiful and perfect and full of good report. But at the same time, there is one until his time is up. He is walking around seeking to devour. We must celebrate victory in the Lord while we keep our eyes on the Lord. While we strive to become that triumphant church. Do you know where the fastest church in the world is right now? The fastest growing church in the world right now. It's in a Muslim country. Iran now has the fastest growing church in the world. Amen. Well, you don't seem very excited about that. I heard somebody ask me when I told them that just a couple weeks ago. They said, well, why is it in America? 
I'm not even going to go there. But instead of being jealous, instead of putting something else down, we got to begin to celebrate with brothers and sisters wherever they live in the world. The Lord is coming back after a triumphant church. He's not coming back after an American or a Greek or a South American church. He's coming back after the church of God. Amen. We need to talk and warn people about Satan. It may not be politically correct. It may may be radical. But God is saying to us, let's prepare people to be more than conquerors. Let's get that giant target off of our backs. Amen. Don't turn your back on the devil. We must pray to be dressed in the armor daily. We need to say, oh, Lord, empower me. Holy Spirit, come, help me to keep my eyes on you, Lord, and you will make me aware of what's going on around me. Lord, you will make me aware of Satan's methods. You will train my hands for war. Lord, you will go before me. You even said you would fight for me. Sometimes it's easy to see Satan at work, and sometimes it is not. In the part of the world I live in, it's very easy. In other areas, it's not. Whether you're a Watuf in North Africa or you're here in Florida, we cannot turn our back on Scar at all. I just real quickly, I want to tell you about this. Here we see Simba disobeys his dad. And he wanders out into the elephant graveyard. And his dad says, you deliberately disobeyed me. And dad gets angry. Well, people don't like to talk about a God that's going to get angry with you. But listen to me. If you value something... For those of you that are parents, the more you love something, the more you'll be angry at what harms that. My son used to love to stick his finger in the light socket. I didn't go up to him and say, oh, honey, no, that's going to hurt. Don't put your finger in the light socket. After about the fourth time, wham, 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 wham. And he never did it again. It's because I loved him and the disobedience made me ferociously angry. I'm a bum. But God loves us even more than that. A loving God demands that we repent of the things we do that harm us and change. He's a loving God looking for people that honor him and love him. Amen. He loves you. He wants you to be safe. He says, be sober and alert. First Peter 5 and 8, your enemy is roaring about seeking to devour you. Oh, God, help us. Too often we forget. Too often we forget that all things work together. If you've done something and you failed the Lord, if you feel like the Lord can't forgive you, I tell you today, even the areas of our life, where we have absolutely gone off the rails and we failed God immensely. If we'll turn back and give that to God, our Father will take that. He will turn it into something beautiful because you are his treasured possession. The Lord wanted me to also tell you today, some of you are taking guilt that is not your own. You, we have to be careful because sometimes we can take, receive uh, an attitude, oh, it's all my fault, okay, hakuna matata, which in Swahili means no worries, okay, 
I'll just go on about my life instead of trying to get things right. And you fumble through life more and more, and you just let Satan make the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. But today the Lord is calling you like he did the prodigal son. Where, wherever you're at, if you're eating in the garbage of life, if your life seems like it's just hopeless, the Lord is saying, lift up in your, your eyes because in Jesus Christ, all things work together for good. The Lord wants you to know that. He knows you. He made you. He and even if we forget sometimes, the Lord's today, I think, trying to remind some of us of areas of our life we need to lay down and say, Lord, this is not me. Make me who you want me to be, Lord. Lord, you made me to be a people with a purpose, living in victory. I want to leave this thought with you. About four years ago, we were in Amman, Jordan. We were planning to have meetings. It was going to be the very the first of its kind in Amman. Jordan is an Islamic country. All of a sudden, the government authorities came against us. And not just the government, the religious authorities came against us. The hotel kicked us out. Suddenly, one little pastor of a little tiny church, maybe as big as just the, the audience was as big as this middle section, said, come to my church. We'll squeeze you in. We were about 500 people. We'll let some of you stand on the street. It looked like, oh, wow, we'd been defeated. They brought cameras in. And in that little tiny, tiny room, we wound up reaching an audience three times larger than if we had stayed in the hotel. Amen? Amen. You see, we have to understand that when we say, oh, Lord, I live and delight to do your will, oh, Lord. Not only do we find our purpose, but the Lord will bring prosperity. When we find our lives in his picture, God will work in ways we can't even begin to imagine. The Lord is saying today, don't let Satan win. It's not about don't worry, just be happy. It's about put your eyes on me, and even when it seems so dark, the darkest of the night is right before the dawn. And dawn will come. Yes, we have an enemy, but in Jesus, we are more than conquerors. The Lord wants to renew your mind, as it says in Romans 12 and 1. The child of God never should sacrifice your purpose for the sake of false prosperity. Be reminded today who you are. You are an heir. God wants you to live out kingdom life. He wants us to encourage one another. We're family together. The world looked a little bad to Simba at times when he ran away from his dad. And sometimes as Christians, we can say, it's so bad. It's so bad. I can't wait for Jesus to come. But the Lord would challenge us today. I hear this every day almost from the Lord. If you don't fight to tell the world about me, who will? The world can look pretty bad. Sometimes it can even look hopeless. But if we don't fight. Who will? My question to you today, children of God. My question to you today, those who don't know the Lord, but you don't feel like you have purpose. The Lord is saying, come join my army. I'll give you purpose. I'll cause you to prosper in ways that are beyond riches and houses and lands. It's the richness of a soul. God is calling you to be faithful disciples. If we here at the Father's house, if we don't fight for Leesburg, who will? 
faithful disciples, they fight, they pray, they love for the kingdom of heaven to come to this earth. We need to fight for God's reign in this world. We don't want to turn this into an elephant graveyard. We fight against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers, against spiritual forces. Let's contend with them. Let's fight for the kingdom that God wants to build. When we fight for Jesus, we have an eternal kingdom that will never end. I love this last picture so much. We have a, is that the paw? No, it's, there we go. I love this because it makes me think of me. I often don't know how to go. Sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, maybe you're not like me. There's some mornings I wake up and I'm having my devotion, devotion, I'll say, God, I need help, but I can't hear you. Would you just talk to me? And sometimes I don't hear anything. In fact, lots of times I don't. But what I suddenly realize is that the Lord has gone ahead. And if I will just put my hand in his hand, little Simba put his paw in dad's paw print. I follow the word. If I lift up the word, I may not know more than one step, but I'll be able to take that one step, one step at a time. And he makes the way through the darkest times. We have a man named Alan who went to the Philippines, very near Mindanao, where there's a, an Islamic stronghold. We go and visit him some, many of the members, they just sleep on night, at night on the, on the mud. They don't even have uh, uh, just reed mats to lay on. Most of the people don't have teeth. They've all rotted out of their mouth. But he realized his reward was going to be a richness of soul. And God was going to give a crown. He went there with about 10 people that were saying, would somebody just come be our pastor? Right now, they have close to eight churches. And they're running close. This has been just a short period of time. They're running close to 800 people. Hallelujah. He didn't know how to do it. He had no idea. But dad... Father God had a paw print, and he said, just put your foot in mine, follow me. And what happened is he's beginning to turn that part of the world upside down. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But my big brother, my father, they've gone before me. The spirit has gone before me. The footprint is there, and if you'll put your foot in his print and follow You'll go from victory to victory, from glory to glory. God is making us today, if we will, into a kingdom of priests. We are called to rule and reign with him. Maybe we don't see it right yet, but the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring. And he's saying, who will rise and come follow me? Because what you're going to gain, the prosperity is going to be beyond your wildest dreams. Really, the Lion King is just basically the Easter story. It really is. It's about death and pain and suffering, and none of those things have the final word. Because little Simba grows up to become king, and he goes and makes everything right. Well, our king is coming again, 
and he's going to make everything right again. Hallelujah. 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 The worst thing is never the best. Sometimes we think what we're going through right now, it's the worst thing. And will it ever end? But the Lord would say to you today, if you'll just look at me, even though it's all around, I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. I set a feast for you. Is the war still raging? Absolutely. But it's not the end. The worst thing is never the end. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the testimony of my life to be, I gave up, it was too hard. Instead, I want it to be, yeah, it was hard. But I met Jesus. I met Jesus. And when I didn't know what to do, I reached out and he grabbed my hand and he put a print there and I put my, my foot in his footprint. And somehow, when I didn't know how, made a way. He made a way. If you're here this morning and you need to know that Jesus that will make a way that seems to be no way. You're a believer but maybe you've just given up or maybe you've taken on guilt that's not yours or maybe you have failed and you think it's impossible to be forgiven. Or you've never met Jesus and things are really hard. Where you're seated at this morning the Lord invites you to just say right now, all to Jesus, all to you, my King, all to you, the King that came and lived and died and rose again and you're all victorious, all to you, I surrender all, I surrender all. I'm going to just ask you if you just would raise your hand and let me just pray this with you real quick. This one, yes. Thank you, Lord. You are my strength, strength like no other. You are my hope, Lord, when there seems to be none. Lord, thank you. You are my bride and morning star. Lord, I may not feel it, but I'm going to declare it this morning that I know that is who you are. And I receive you today. I receive your help and your victory, not mine, but yours. In the name of Jesus. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.